Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Special Agent Rick Harrison. I'm joined by Special Agent Don Johnson. We've got a breaker report for you. Special on this show here on the Security Token Show in our efforts with the SEC's crypto division. All of these companies are breaking the law. But before we dive into that, we got to thank our sponsor of this week's episode, INX. Because we're not talking about international fraud. We're talking about U.S. markets behaving compliantly, following securities laws. And INX is anywhere where you can do that. They're an ATS here in the U.S. or internationally can access their different deals, including their own token, INX, blockchain capital, and many others. Let's get into the show. I love INX. They're doing it the right way. So with that, we got our top five, the rest of the security token news, the latest security token offerings, the rest of the industry, secondary market activity, and of course, the metaverse inside. So let's dive in. <laughs> Halloween's always so fun to do skits like that, isn't it, Kyle? It's a good time. It's anyway. Good fitting jacket. Honestly, yeah, just the SEC one is just not so popular selling. <laughs> uh, moving into our top five, number one, Start Engine has officially acquired Seed Invest from Circle. This is actually pretty big news, folks. There is never a lot of MA activity in specifically the crowdfunding space. Start Engine is one of the biggest crowdfunding uh, players. They do a lot of the volume, and they've been one of the earliest players in the space. And now they've acquired yet another platform. Seed Invest previously acquired by Circle, uh, which was a pretty big move back in the day. Both undisclosed amounts, mm -hmm. Kyle. So we can't really reveal any data there, but definitely big news. And coming into number two, US Property Coin, USPC, is coming live to market. This is a new United States-based real estate fund, essentially, that is beginning to be tokenized, leading off with their first asset, which is a $10 million multifamily property in Venice Beach, California. So a, a pretty large, exciting property coming to USPC from the issuer Privior, who's done over a billion dollars in real estate projects to date. If you want to learn more about this offering, tune into Megan's section later in the episode. That's awesome. Number three, the UK has now another new pr prime minister yet again, uh, this time soon Unique is bringing in and hailing in a digital uh, UK, a digital Britain. So that's huge news because actually he's listening to industry leaders who are supporting the tokenization of securities, reforming capital markets using blockchain, specifically even the UK Law Commission and other policymakers suggesting digital asset ownership rules as well as defining security tokens, which is something we've preached on this show often, defining security tokens and giving them real legal meaning is an important step towards the adoption of security tokens. And in number four, Baker McKenzie, a large consulting firm, and they do a whole lot of other stuff. Real estate STO report comes out in collaboration with Collier's Deloitte and HK Bit Exchange, really detailing the real estate opportunity with regards to tokenization. This is certainly a report I will be sending to a lot of people in my network who've talked about this in the traditional real estate space for a long time. It specifically notes US, UK, Japan, Singapore, and Hong Kong as the top five hotspots 
for real estate tokenization, and it's starting to catch on. Yeah, Baker McKenzie, 13,000 employees worldwide, $3 billion, pay attention when they suggest things like this. And last but not least, number five, Prometheum. We've heard about them quite a bit, uh, and now they've officially announced that they've got a partnership with Anchorage. They're supporting cryptos and digital asset securities. We've noted that they've already supported some cryptos like Filecoin uh, and Celo and a few others. And in fact, they're calling them digital asset securities and securities in general. So that's actually the premise of our main topic today. We're gonna get into what happens when cryptos potentially do become securities. Very excited to get into that, Kyle. But of course, we've got the rest of the show starting with the industry news. So let's get over to Annie Yanzi. Happy Grand Rising, everyone. Today, we're starting off with some disagreement between the SEC and CFTC. The head of the CFTC chair, Rostin Benham, suggested on a panel that he and Gary Gensler may not see eye to eye on the definition of cryptocurrency. This might ultimately determine which agency has more power over it. Benham also noted that while the SEC and CFTC are both member of the Financial Stability Oversight Council, that council is focused on systematic stability rather than defining jurisdictions. He continued to explain that this spot, along with Gensler, is on the Super Committee of Regulators, which he believes is not the place to figure out details of how to split up responsibilities for each department. He alluded that Congress is the right entity to set those boundaries. Next up, we have the president of Fidelity Institutional, Michael Dubin, saying there is a growing opportunity for consumers to attain more digital assets. His reasoning is that as digital assets extend beyond cryptocurrencies, he believes there is an increased funding for that portfolio construction. He advised advisors to be careful with the risk budget and set aside meaningful amounts for it. Fidelity Institution will continue to dive into digital assets and will be experimenting more with blockchain-related technology. For our last news of the day, we have Bank Exchange, a digital asset trading platform listing commodity for all its users. The QAA slash USDT trading pair is officially available for trading. The mission of the token is to facilitate the largest transaction of wealth in the history of mankind by making natural resources suitable for monetization. The untapped wealth will be made transparent, verified, and utilized by converting it into an undisputed asset. To learn more about the token, visit commodity.io. Okay, folks, that's all I have for you today. Let's pass it on to Megan with STO Updates. Hi, tokenizers. Welcome back. Let's get into some security token updates. First up, we have a new token trading under the ticker EGGS, E-G-G-S. The company behind this is Farmy, and they are known for their large selection of fresh and fair products delivered directly to your home. They offer a Switzerland-wide platform for farmers and food producers with transparent origin. Their mission is to make quality food accessible to everyone. They are now offering new investors up to 10% of Farmy in two phases. Phase one offers a limited number of shares at a lower fixed price. Farmy's mission is they believe every person deserves to know where their food comes from and how it was processed. For more information, you can head over to farmy.ch or Actionariat to learn more. Next up, we have an update around a very hot topic, which is Ripple. Ripple claims a round win in the SEC lawsuit defining cryptos as securities. This long-running legal battle with the U.S. 
Securities and Exchange Commission is really going to impact how we determine if cryptocurrencies are or are not securities. It is slightly more difficult to issue digital assets if they must follow securities regulations and because paying or transacting with securities does involve reporting requirements with the IRS. This case dates back to December 2020 when Ripple Labs and its two top executives were accused of allegedly selling unregistered securities in the form of XRP tokens, which were created in 2012. But now Ripple is presenting a speech the SEC's then director of the Division of Corporate Finance, William Hinman, gave in 2018, which he argued that the number two cryptocurrency, Ethereum, had morphed from a security into a non-security. That is a position the SEC commissioners never formally endorsed at the time, and that current SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, had said it only applies to Bitcoin. This will continue to develop and probably will not even go to trial till next year. This story initially occurred on payments.com, where you can find the full story and learn more. Next up, we have news from Project USPC, whose unique project I've actually spoken about before. The founder of this project, Johnny Zhang, is a real estate veteran and among the few early crypto adopters who believed in the future growth of the cryptocurrency market during its infancy. Zhang is the CEO behind real estate company Premier, which he established in 2013. Premier has successfully developed over $1 billion worth of real estate projects, putting them ahead of competitors and trying to merge crypto with real estate. USPC, or United States Property Coin, is determined to create an efficient store of value by becoming the first real estate asset-backed digital currency. Funded and sponsored by Johnny's company, Premier, USPC tokens will function as fractionalized ownership in a diversified portfolio that is expected to benefit from current income and long-term appreciation of real estate assets. This is all set to develop a more reliable store of value and medium of exchange. As we know, real estate-backed currency provides two primary benefits, a high level of confidence for long-term appreciation and the ability to generate income or more value. Real estate appreciation has tended to outpace the rate of inflation in virtually any five-year period on record. Therefore, USPC hopes to develop a method where token holders who initially seek value in a rapidly appreciating asset would seek greater value in USPC as a more risk-adjusted investment option. For more information, you can visit, our, you can visit USPC.io or head over to their social channels to learn more. That is all for this week, guys. I'm hoping to see you back here next week with more updates. Bear Stearns is fine. Do not take your money out. Bear Stearns is not in trouble. If anything, they're more likely to be taken over. Don't move your money from Bear. That's just silly. Don't be silly. Ah, I feel much better not being Kramer anymore. Hello and happy Monday and happy Halloween. The security token market cap has dipped to $14.3 billion this week. And while down, we've got some awesome news, starting with Promethium Ember ATS as they announce a FINRA and SEC regulated trading platform that will aim to provide liquidity for digital asset securities. They've re received approval to operate an ATS or alternative trading system. Before operating the ATS, the platform must be approved as a broker dealer. They state that it will provide both institutional and individual investor for digital securities. 
Promethium is integrated with federally chartered Anchorage Digital Bank, which is powering the clearing, settlement, and custody. The more ATSs, the better, and we're seeing a lot more pop up. In other news, L Bank Exchange, a global digital asset trading platform, listed QOmodity, QAA, on October 26th. The mission of Commodity is to facilitate the largest transition of wealth in the history of mankind by making these untapped resources suitable for monetization. In doing so, it aims to give people from all over the world a chance to access these resources without exploiting them. The monetization process is focused on the transition of wealth for the benefit of all stakeholders involved. In this process, the focus is to monetize the asset in order to give it a value within the monetary system and be compliant with all rules and regulations of the financial authorities. In this case, it's probably going to be gold, even though there's still a lot more that has to be worked out. And there's a growing opportunity to get more digital assets into consumer profiles, according to Fidelity Institutional President Michael Durbin. He says, as digital assets extend beyond cryptocurrencies and other sorts of wrapped tokens, or whatever the regulatory environment facilitates for us, we think there will be an increased funding for that portfolio construction. This is huge. He went on to say that a basis to get more digital assets into the end customer portfolios is the key. It sounds like the age of the 60-40 stock-to-bond portfolio is over, and it is about time. That's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week, and I'll see you next Monday. Wakey wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Yves Van Gogh. L'Oreal, Meta, and French Business School, HEC Paris, are joining forces to launch a startup acceleration program dedicated to creativity in the metaverse. The program will support at least five startups that specialize in 3D production, augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, avatar creation, and portability and user experience, token economy, or other topics related to the metaverse and Web3. And they don't even have to be specifically related to beauty. Next, speaking of students, McCain Foods wants young consumers to farm its metaverse potatoes. The frozen food moderate wants to build a new game inside Roblox, which is the world's biggest game for the metaverse right now. The world's largest manufacturer of prepared potato is hoping to educate them about challenges facing the farming community and the benefits of regenerative farming, it said in a new release. Moving forward, Mexico will have its first shopping mall in the metaverse. Currently, 80 brands have been officially confirmed. They will be divided into categories with a special haul for the emerging brands. Among the leading brands confirmed for the mall launch are Bath & Body Works, GOC, Golden, LA Girl, and Victoria's Secret. Some will have individual or shared spaces. The developers of the island shopping mall said they have partnered with the Savings Group Limited, a leading British company specializing in discount coupons to integrate more than 879 brands, such as Adidas, Guess, Apple, and Levi's, among many others. And last but not least, Miami Gardens joins the metaverse. This news hit home as I only live 20 minutes away from there, but if you don't live as close as me, you can come check it out in the metaverse, particularly our famous Hard Rock Stadium. This innovative multi-purpose stadium is located in the entertainment overlay district of the city, one of many tours you can take from the comfort of your own home. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. 
And with that, it's time to jump into our companies of the week. This is where Herwig and I picked two companies that caught our eye that we really wanted to give a specific highlight to for crushing it in the security token space. And Herwig, I'm gonna kick us off here for episode 164. We hosted a pretty electric event this week on Twitter Spaces with hundreds of people tuned in. I think 114 to be exact, technically hundreds. Battle of the blockchains. We had a debate which was very friendly, very cordial, and incredibly informative between two of the largest decentralized exchanges that follow the compliance and securities laws around security tokens. And it was a decentralized DEX head on head between Gene Dea from Stobox and their protocol, which is the DS swap mechanic, as well as InvestX and Julian Kwan formerly or supporting their decentralized exchange, IX Swap, and it went down to the wire. 29 votes to 28 after a full hour of debate. It was one vote that broke the difference, and IX Swap was our winner. Heavyweight belt included an NFT given to them for crushing it on the event. They were able to win the vote. They get my company of the week, Julian Kwan, and the uh, the the team there at IX Swap as well as InvestX are doing awesome things. That was a heated, heated debate. Great choice. Definitely Julian Kwan. Well done. You earned that by one vote there, and I'm looking forward to the next one. These are definitely yeah. super informative and a lot of fun, so great job putting that together, STM team. How about you? My company of the week is also so a little bit of a self-promotion uh, because it's actually a client of ours over at Security Token Advisors, our sister company where we do consulting and helping people apply this. And this company is called Freeport. And if you haven't heard of them already, Freeport is making it possible for us to invest in the art. And that's a big deal these days. NFTs are a hot topic, easy way to get into digital art. People are starting to explore fractionalizing or getting NFTs of real world art. And this gets very murky and very scary because the SEC could be knocking on your door. That's why they came to us and we were able to work with them. And now they're going to be launching sometime early next year uh, where we will see the ability to invest in properly compliant security tokens representing art of worth tens of millions of dollars, folks. This is a real state asset classes. Why well, I love this. Uh, it's another one of these building blocks sure. in the security token industry where it's like, great, I'm going to be able to place my art in my portfolio, diversify, use it in a number of new ways thanks to security tokens. So Freeport for leading that charge, doing it the proper way to get people invested into art. Uh, you're my company of the week. Fantastic. And with that, I think we can get into the main topic. Let's do it. For this week's main topic, we're talking about one simple question, Herwig, and I want to throw it over to you. What if all cryptos are securities? What happens next? What if all cryptocurrencies are securities? Where have I heard that before, Kyle? <laughs> None other than Chair Gary Gensler of the SEC, folks. He's, of course, been very vocal about the fact that he sees everything except for maybe Bitcoin as a commodity. Uh, he sees everything as a security. Uh, so this is a very big deal, of course. Uh, other than Bitcoin, that means Ethereum and every other type of cryptocurrency, even potentially NFTs, he may consider securities. Uh, and so that's a, a big, a big question. What happens if he just comes out and says, you know what, everything is now a security, essentially a stock. You got to treat it and comply it just like a stock. Well, uh, definitely a couple things. First, let's break it down from a compliance process perspective, Kyle. The first thing that would happen is the major cryptocurrency exchanges, no doubt, they would have to become stock exchanges. National mm -hmm. stock exchanges, just like uh, the NYSE or the NASDAQ, 
uh, or at least a broker-dealer ATS like we see in the security token space so that they can be allowed to trade these securities, facilitate uh, these financial services for investors and their customers. Uh, and that's, of course, a big deal. You know, now you got beyond the KYC, a lot more processes, rules, and regulations you got to follow in order to provide trading. A lot more parties get involved. Uh, and it's definitely a whole infrastructure that it takes a while to get. In fact, it took the Boston Security Token Exchange multiple years to get their national stock uh, exchange charter approved and multiple rejections along the way. So maybe the SEC would offer some kind of a fast track uh, to help them quickly become onboarded to stock exchanges, but no doubt it's a big overhaul. Uh, the second thing I think we'll see is for sure a lot of delisting. It's like, okay, maybe we can go ahead and delist most of these products that we think definitely they're calling securities, but maybe some of this other stuff that's like Bitcoin, uh, we don't have to remove and we can kind of get away with continuing to trade and operate that. Maybe some stable coins. Exactly. Like that kind of maybe even some NFTs and maybe right. just some other Bitcoin-like characteristics sure. that are going to argue, oh, this is a commodity. That'll become the new argument, the hot argument to say. Uh, but I do believe that many would instead just close shop. They'll say, you know what? We can't support the United States anymore. We're not going to deal with this headache. We've got good international operations, Binance, for example, even FTX. You know, they've got great operations. I think probably FTX would be forward thinking and be on board for the fight. But just as a hypothetical, uh, Binance says, you, you know what? Firewall, right? Exactly. So it's we'll easy to say, then. goodbye. We just focus on international operation. And you know sure. what? You know, this is an opportunity. Uh, and that's a potential headache and definitely harpening for the crypto industry and, and innovation. Sure. Uh, and last but not least, Kyle, reissuance. Mm. So instead of just being able to continue to trade your Bitcoin, I mean, not Bitcoin, your Ethereum or pretty much any other example other than Bitcoin, uh, you would then need to, after you're onboarded to one of these stock exchanges or brokerage accounts, you would actually have to get a new token probably, folks. This means that your Ethereum, you would get now traded in for an Ethereum security token. That itself can trade on these exchanges and you can go ahead and resume your usual activity. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. So let's dive into each one of those in a little bit more detail. If you are a issuer, you're, you've created a token, or if you're an exchange, a lot of them may just flee, right? And get out of here, as you mentioned with the Binance example of maybe they just shut down Binance US because it's a headache. But you also see examples of precedent like this with issuers themselves, where Telegram, for example, had a super high profile, multi-billion dollar lawsuit with the SEC, where they basically just ran away to somewhere else and said, ah, catch me if you can. And honestly, that whole process was a mess. I don't even remember how it ended, and it probably kind of fizzled out just because it gets awkward once you, if you can hide well enough. We certainly saw this happen with Three Arrows Capital recently as well, where they left and were kind of unknown where their location was for over a month until they were recently located. Interpol had to get involved, presumably, to deal with that. And there's obviously future penalties, potentially, if you get caught or when you get caught, or if you want to come back yeah. into the US, that's not going to be too happy. Gary is going to be on you. Number two, we see settlement, right? Where a lot of these companies will, as you mentioned, will say, all right, look, I agree that moving forward, we're going to follow these rules. Let's just kind of figure out a solution for the fact that look, we didn't really know and they weren't technically securities. So let's find a way to make this work. We saw BlockFi 
Coinbase, now FTX, being investigated for rehypothecation. This is the question of, does staking look like dividends, right, with regards to a security? Is this sold as a security, obviously, in the, the primary sale? And of course, these exchanges, are they trading and manipulating markets from an order matching perspective, which is not allowed to be done for something that looks or resembles these markets? You need that national exchange in order to do that, or market makers, the same thing. If these things look like securities, you need a license to be a market maker for them. So if the SEC starts to say, look, guys, obviously some of these things are you guys were doing, let's settle. BlockFi did $100 million. I'm not sure what the other ones did, but hundreds of millions of dollars. But they will follow the future laws without admitting guilt. So they're not saying that we did violate the laws, but we're saying we are going to be changing our processes moving forward. And then finally, as you mentioned, there's this idea of resizing your tokens, which is the idea of pulling them back off of the market and then reissuing your token, then giving a new one. We actually have seen this example. We talk about it all the time. Science Blockchain did this. Blockchain Capital did this. There's multiple different examples of even securities that were self-admitted securities that reissued their token with upgraded compliance measures. And I think you would see something similar for a lot of the well-funded tokens that want to stay in the game. Just like, as you mentioned, with exchanges, a lot of tokens are going to flee, but there may be a, a decent chunk of tokens that are looking to figure out how can we reissue kind of like Blockstacks doing a Reg A plus for a non-security, or we certainly have seen many other examples of network tokens selling under the Reg D exemption. So I think that there's kind of those three processes, but it's really a fascinating development that has only just begun. It is a reality, it's po a possible reality, folks. Uh, you know that he, our very chair of the SEC has been very vocal about this. He believes that a result of doing this and bringing the securities or the crypto market under securities laws, it'll actually make them safer and easier to invest in and allow it to become even bigger than it already is. Now, of course, the flip side of that is, you know, many of the features and the utilities of these very tokens will probably also be eliminated as a result of these rules. And so that might cause a massive uh, effect to their value. Of course, potentially all of the trading would freeze as a result of this new order. Markets could go out of control. Who knows what would happen and how much influence the US markets have in the crypto industry as a result. Maybe it's an opportunity hmm. uh, as well internationally. So there is definitely a crazy thought. But again, folks, a real possibility that tomorrow it looks like that everything is now a security when, or, when it comes to crypto. Yeah, prices. and I think this is the exact reason why crypto exchanges like Coinbase, Gemini, even FTX have either invested or taken positions or acquired broker dealers, ATS licensure in order to protect themselves in the event that this happens, well, they can maintain their operations because of the fact that if these are now securities, well, it's a good thing that I have a broker dealer license to trade securities, right? So there's kind of that blanket. And then of course, the fact that all of the security token space, certainly INX, T0 and others are looking to offer support for cryptocurrencies and for security tokens. You know, it's very important that both of those things are, are cross blended together, especially when those regulation changes may come down, drastically changing operations for those that do not comply. Well. Special Agent Don Johnson, I appreciate your feedback and input there. I think it's definitely something that if you've got questions, feedback, thoughts about, reach out to us. We're available on, on Twitter, very active on LinkedIn. Of course, 
You can find out more about security tokens at stm.co. All the latest videos and content available on our YouTube channel. Lots more shows for you to check out. Of course, our What's Tripping newsletter will keep you informed every week on Mondays. Uh, and with that, Kyle, I think we can, of course, end the show and wish you happy tokenizing.